Thank you for joining us again. This is Kirsten Lopez with the Women in Archaeology podcast. I am here with Emily Long and Sarah Head, and we are going to be diving into a subject that um, we actually had as a request from a listener um, who goes by Des, and uh, we will be diving into some of the newer Tomb Raider film and the video game, uh, a little bit of the video game accompanying it, and... It's a subject I think that we've all kind of uh, discussed on and off throughout the show. It's been mentioned, um, Lara Croft as a character. So, well, I mean, it seems to have a, a a long history in the media, and whenever we think about um, archaeology and movies and gaming, and I never played the game myself, so I honestly mm. don't know too much about the game. But I do remember in the old movie she did a lot with antiquities and it seemed a little sketchy, even sketchier than Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> yes. And that she's rather busty. That's really all I could remember from the whole movie. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's a lot going on. So a lot of the listeners I'm guessing have probably heard of Tomb Raider and Lara Croft in, I think it was 2003. Um, the original Tomb Raider movie came out with Angelina Jolie and that's uh, what Emily's referring to was going uh, in, in a lot of ways um, replicating the look and feel of the original video game which was released in uh, the, the mid 90s I believe it was 95 so I've heard two stories on the bust conundrum and why <laughs> she was like I don't know Wait, are we just size... jumping straight into the boobs? G? Yeah, because you have to. You know. It's kind of in your face from the start. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Just, some of us have them, I guess. You know, <laughs> that's it it's true. But uh, there's there's having them, and then if I mean myself, I did play the video game, and being out on PlayStation One, I mean you can imagine the graphics weren't great, so it was very um, strange looking because there's no motion going on with these. Um, and it was, so the two stories I've heard just to get this out of the way was one is that it was a programming glitch and ended up being something that they decided to stick with. And then the second was that a developer had actually intentionally done it as kind of a joke and forgot to take that coding out before they presented it as, um, like a test part of the game to, for, um, game testers and they liked it and wanted to keep it. So that's kind of the two stories um i haven't been able to dive into which one's the actual truth <laughs> so if anyone knows that'd be you know a good thing to to let us know <laughs> um, i figured it was just in the similar vein of most of the you know video games where you're just kind of like wow all these people they're definitely not anatomically correct <laughs> yeah well she was kind the of Laura croft character the Laura croft character was the first that far I mean, yeah, she was the first one to kind of take it that far. Like, she was wearing short, short shirts and short, short pants and had ginormous boobs. Yeah, and, like larger uh, than her head. Like, they, we would affectionately call them torpedo tanks, the uh, comic shop that I hung out <laughs> in. I mean, that's how bad they were. And yeah. it's like, each time they reinvented her, um, they just kept getting worse. I mean, we had... <laughs> I just remember when I was working at the comic shop, we got a figurine in, like one of those little resin cast statue things. It's an action figure. And um, 
Yeah, the like the boobs on them were just like they were so absurd. Even the guys were making comments about how stupid it they looked. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, when when the men are no longer impressed by them, then you know you've gone too big. Exactly. <laughs> So there's that. And one of the things that when they reformulated her character in the most recent reboot, they just took that whole boob bit away because uh, there were attempts at sort of downsizing or sort of going in between or making it more tasteful, like a full length shirt instead of the short, short shirt. Um, and they ended up deciding in what is now the, the current um, or more recent film um, is she's just average, just, you know, wearing a tank top, more or less normal. But I think so well, that's, it's, it's in, still very fit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's important, though. I mean, we're, we're leaving out the, the game tie-in. Uh, it's really important uh -huh. to understand that the evolution of the movie character corresponds tightly to the evolution of the game character itself. Hmm. And I, I haven't played the games, but I do keep an eye on the character and the development of the games because... For obvious reasons, we are constantly being compared to Laura Croft because she has at no point ever been an archaeologist until the most recent rendition yes. of the game. Um, was she? Oh, of the game. Of the, I was game. Of the game. movie. I was like, I don't yes. remember her being Well, an see, I thought that was movie. interesting when I watched the movie because this, this most recent movie came out in 2018, um, mm -hmm. whereas the most recent reboot for this game was, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah. It was, it was a... Yeah, I think it was about three years ago. Um, and then they came out, I think, with a second section about two years ago. Yeah, uh, so when the when the game well, you know, when the game originally started in nineteen ninety six, she wasn't she wasn't an archaeologist. They didn't try to make her an archaeologist. She was a tomb raider, that's why the game is named like it is. Um <laughs> but of course since it had something remotely to do with archaeology, therefore all archaeo all female archaeologists must be Laura Croft. Um mm. Which well, there's I a wear lot short of shorts and tank tops in the field well, the, all the time. It's just how I roll. The 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 sexual nature of the character aside, like the fact that people don't know the difference between a tomb raider and an archaeologist, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think says a lot about archaeology's inability to communicate with the public. And mm -hmm. so you know, us being compared to a, the tomb raider just because we're female and we're in the field gets annoying, yeah. but. It, it's understandable. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this the 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 not even trying to pretend like we're not sexually objectifying the character. You know, I I came to terms with that really early on because it was so blatant. It was just like we are not even pretending like we're not sexually <laughs> objectifying her. It's just like yeah. we're not even going to pretend. Which, well, on the one hand, is kind of admirable. And, you know, when they, they did the first set of movies, they picked, at the time, probably the hottest actress they could get their hands oh, on. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not and, to disparage the actresses by any, no, 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 any no. stretch. It's more just like, if we're saying this is archaeology, and it's not. It's like, yeah, this this isn't true to life in any way, shape, or right. form. <laughs> even Angelina Jolie, her character in the first movie, which I did watch, I watched both of them, actually, um, mm -hmm. she was not an archaeologist. She was, at best, an antiquarian. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and at, at worst, she was an actual Tomb Raider. They tried to make her kind of noble, like she was doing the whole, this belongs in a museum kind of thing, saving the artifacts from the evil people, but she was still a Tomb Raider. Um, oh, yeah. But even looting. Jolie complained about the apparatus that they had her in to make her boobs look bigger. 
um, because even oh, wow. her boobs were not the right proportion for what they wanted for the character in the movie. And um, again, we come back to that damn resin statue that came in, and it was it was <laughs> the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider, and they had enhanced her breasts so large that we you could set a pencil across them, and the pencil didn't move. <laughs> I mean, they were. It was just like she had a table under her her tank top. Um, oh my goodness! Wow. Just to come back to that, but I mean, as far as archaeology is concerned, the whole franchise up till the most recent relaunch has been a study in the public's perception of what archaeology is, what they think of artifacts, how they think um, ownership of the past works um just blatant appropriation and colonialism i mean there are so many problems but at the same time the tomb raider franchise is one of the most successful games out there uh even though the movies aren't spectacular and never really did great they still did well yeah and when the games were re-released this last time i mean they were some of the most anticipated games of the year to be released now when at least them this 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 time, uh, at least in the first movie, uh, movie the first game, she was an undergraduate, an archaeological undergraduate. So she is, I believe, by the ne- by the most recent game, I think she is Doctor Croft. Yeah. So she. I, yeah, I remember by the time she was on the ship. She was a PhD candidate or something like that. She was a student. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. And hadn't Yeah. So she's like working her way there. And that's where she kind of played into or they, they put her in a position of actual authority. Um mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll we'll get more into the that contrast with the film. Um, but I was anticipating to I, I was like sitting there with my pencil. Knowing that, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to analyze the crap out of this. We're going to talk about, like, because I would played the game. So I was anticipating her, like, archaeology education being introduced in there more than what had been mentioned in the game. And it never came. And it was really interesting. And the, yeah, that, that's why, like, yeah, in the newest movie, they don't do the archaeology thing. However she's they do go out of their way to mention um spoilers if you haven't seen the movie probably shouldn't be listening to this episode (laughs) go watch it and then come right back yeah uh when she's reunited with her father and they're doing the whole beard weird beard thing um he's asking her oh which which school did you go to did you go to Cambridge or I forget what the other one was Cambridge or something else and she's like Oxford, Oxford thank yeah. you she's like uh, actually I didn't go to either and he was like they made a point of him saying well you're still young you're still basically a child thereby hinting at if there will be if there comes a second movie maybe we'll see her pursuing a archaeology degree of some si- some kind or maybe not I mean she's also ridiculously rich again so yeah (laughs) 
much. You don't need well, that. I mean, you'd hope they'd at least explored that side of it too. I mean, if I I haven't seen the Angelina Jolie ones for a long time, but they did make her intelligent and you know mm-hmm. educated and whatnot. Um, the games have her that way, so it makes you hope that maybe this more recent iteration will kind of go down that path. Otherwise, it's kind of you, you kind of have the spoiled brat complex thing going on like i'm not gonna touch that money type of thing and you're just like that was a little annoying at the go get an education (laughs) yeah Yeah. i was like what is it took me a minute to figure out what was going on that -hmm. she was being a pouty teenager um was she supposed to be a teenager in this because she i mean the actress is young but she's still in her 20s yeah she's i think she was late or late I think she's like super early twenties. Um, okay. We're never really told how old she is. No, we know that her father. She was at least a middle ground teenager because we see that sequence, and she's not a young girl, but she's not an adult. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, then the next time we see her, she's the actress portraying her as her adult form. So I mean, I I took it to be she's twenty one, twenty. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's still young, but she's oh, old. Yeah. But she's got, you know, she's street savvy because she's been living on her own, Brit in the yeah. wild streets of London as a bike messenger. Yeah, that she was, was it. Was a food they courier? Spent, they spent a lot of time developing her female badassness and being able to handle the streets as a bike courier, and I thought that was really interesting and a bit bizarre way of going about it. Um, well, it you was, know, bike couriers, they're real badasses. It was Woo! better than us just <laughs> assuming that she's going to be a badass. I mean, they at least tried yeah. to explain why the character has some of the physical attributes that she has. Like, I'm sorry, Art the freeze? woman's arms have to be reinforced with some Dude. kind of bionic metal <laughs> because there I is know, no fucking way arms. she survived half of the shit she did in this movie. <laughs> well, a, a lot of the, the film this time around, after going through the introduction sequence, once she reaches the island, it follows very, 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 very closely to the gameplay. Yeah, uh, I... Yeah. There's, there's a few chunks, like that don't happen in the film because it would be like way too much for um there's some pretty uh, intense scenes of like being captured and like mummy wrapped and hanging from the ceiling and her getting out of that and going through like a tomb of encaptured people in the game like there's a lot of very um open death right off the bat um, that a normal person would not be able to process in that amount of time and then come out the other side like the most amazing badass whatever um <laughs> so they took that section out but aside from that like the plane sequence um a lot of the puzzle solving uh kind of going through and sneaking around through the camp um after she kind of escapes um, that's all part of the gameplay. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting that they kept it that close. And I think one of you guys mentioned um, earlier before uh, recording that it was kind of like watching someone play a video game. And that's essentially... And that, that, <laughs> that was me, because I, I haven't played the game. I haven't seen any screen captures from the game. Um, 
but watching the movie, I, it was very clear to me when they were mimicking the game and when they were passive aggressively feeding us some plot. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm not. It was a good movie. I'm I'm going to tear it apart, but it was a good movie, and I would totally watch it again. And I'll watch the sequel if it ever comes out because it was mm-hmm. wasn't bad. For, no, for it's a good. It it's was. like a a good summer blockbuster. Yeah, and that's like you're not going to leave the movie going, oh wow. You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I agree with Emily. I think it was actually better than the Angelie Jolie movies, which I enjoyed both of them. But I honestly think it was as far as part of the Laura Croft franchise, I think it was better. Yeah. Um, I haven't played the game, mm-hmm. the new games, but I've heard really good things about the new games. Mm-hmm. So. Well, one of the things I appreciated about the film um, this time around, aside from spending time on developing her character at the beginning, um, was that they actually, it seemed really interesting because I was looking for it. I was looking for that Tomb Raider bit. I was looking for the taking the artifacts and jetting. Like, Oh, yeah. But pretty yeah. much the entire time, she's not wanting to. And in the end, she's actually fighting to but keep the shit in the goddamn ground. Did. <laughs> um, so I have so many issues into the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, I don't know if but, that was so much a desire to be like, leave the artifacts in place. We should not disturb it. I no. think it's more it's like, if we take anything, we're going to kill everybody. Yes. So no, it's, she, I, I don't know. But, she didn't go into the game. She didn't go into the story with the desire to find anything other than her dad. Yeah, that is true. I mean, like, that that was her end goal. I mean, she was offered throughout the movie. She was offered offered several times the ability to solve the puzzle, get the thing. You know, she was tempted several times and every time she turned it down because all she wanted was her dad. I mean, she even like mm-hmm. didn't kill the bad because it would have possibly killed her father. Right. You know, yeah. she, Actually, she reluctantly some, went It's interesting it. you you say that because um i was just curious i brought up the movie um on rotten tomatoes and there's you know the whole list of different um uh different reviewers and whatnot little blips here and there and there's yeah. i mean it's it's like 51 percent. like some people liked it some people hated it and i think and i think this is pretty true for one of the reviewers said um it's like it looked like the director was going to deliver and quote a video game movie that transcended the genre, mostly through the neat trick of having his ass-kicking heroine be driven by the thoroughly human desire to be daddy's little girl again. So saying that it's like it was just too much of that as opposed to a, a bigger theme than just being like, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean. But it's aside, still good. Yeah. Aside from the obviously sexist comments of Daddy's Little Girl, I think yeah. the reviewer actually kind of hit it on the head. It it wasn't a typical action hack and slash Tomb Raider. It was mm-hmm. the this girl who's grieving for the loss of her father. Yeah. She finally is given the means to go find her father. And that mm-hmm. is her goal. That that is the driving goal is for her to go find her father. The, everything that she does from the point that she finds his little hidey hole <laughs> to the to the end of the movie is her trying to find her dad. And yeah. I mean, if the movie had been done better, mm-hmm. I think the scenes where she had to again, if you haven't seen the movie, you probably don't want to listen to this. Um, <laughs> 
the end of the movie where she has to leave her father. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that should have been a much more wrenching moment. Yeah. Than it came off. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, okay, bye. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of there was, it was a very press <laughs> there. There was there was a a very short amount of time to really make that decision. But it should have been That's expressed true. with through the cinematography as more impressive right. than it was. It very much. It yeah, I feel like that was a failing of the director and not yeah. so much the actors because it has oh, a yeah. hell of a. Yeah, they did pretty good with the cast. Yeah, it's got a good cast. I mean, we can talk about the the Chinese element and you know blah, but yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things we can talk about in this. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as like picking actors and actresses and having a decent cast, I don't. I think it did. It nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think so. I mean, I think, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher the actress's name, Alicia Vikander. Alicia Vikander. I, I would have said Alicia, but yeah, yeah Vikander. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, I think. Yeah, so. I think she, she was really good for the I role. I think she was good. I mean, yeah, she yeah. was very believable. Yes. I don't think at any point, with the exception of the action sequences, I think there was any acting at any point that I wasn't like, yeah, okay, sure, I believe yeah. this. Whereas with Angelina Jolie, when she portrayed the actor, like, I actually don't like Angelina Jolie as an actress because I think she's very wooden. Like, she has one expression and, like, two emotions, and at no point were any of those appropriate for the movie. <laughs> um, so just having an actress who had, like, you know, five emotions was great. Um <laughs> Not saying that, not saying that the Alicia Vikander only had five emotions. I'm just saying like her performance was far better than Angelina Jolie's performances in were. those films. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we may need to take a break. That sounds great. During this break, why not check out the Women in Archaeology blog and see the types of posts we've been putting up over the last two years. We have been discussing many different types of topics, from surveys that have been done in the field on what archaeologists are experiencing, all the way to subjects that interest us at this time. You can also see the backlog of episodes, and it's also a way you can contact us about your interest in the episode and any topics you would like us to cover sometime. Again, thanks for listening. And welcome back. Um, We are going to continue our discussion on the most recent rendition of the Tomb Raider films and franchise uh, released earlier this year in 2018. one of the points, so we had already revealed the end of the movie, if you <laughs> haven't been listening. Don't listen to Don't this. Don't listen to this. I haven't seen, seen the movie. <laughs> I mean, we were kind of vague. I mean, it's like, they got the thing that could do the bad thing. The end. I know. I'm, I'm totally going to tear it apart here in a bit, but go ahead. Oh, excellent. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to touch on was towards the end of the film, after she leaves her dad in the collapsing tomb, because even if she's not necessarily raiding it in this <laughs> rendition, she still destroys it. Um, <laughs> she doesn't destroy it, to be fair. <laughs> it was structurally unsound, apparently, from all of the blasting. This is the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> all of the blasting previously, and when her father was like, no, I'm going out in a blaze, and blew himself up with enough C4 to apparently level a mountain. <laughs> It collapsed then. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> and she narrowly escaped with her life. And 
well, yeah, the other course. dude, I think. Or was it just, no, it was, she had a person. Was that guy remember. escaped Eyes with a piece of the mummy lady. No, no, she killed, she, no. She stuck that. No, she shoved that down the bad guy's throat. throat. Yeah. But didn't somebody get, like, a piece of something? I mean, hypothetically, she walked out of there with mummy dust all over her, but. <laughs> all right. We're not going to apparently acknowledge that. <laughs> nope, not not at all. It had to be touch. Uh, anyway, um. So once she escapes and gets back home, she goes back to, as Sarah put it, her dad's hidey hole um, and starts digging around in his stuff and listening to his tapes because, you know, keeping diary on tape is a thing, I guess. Um, well, duh. Yeah. Right? <laughs> a lot of people do it. I, I'm like, I don't want people listening. Why would you put, why would you just, I don't know, if you have a lot. You but... record podcasts. <laughs> I know. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> but it's not her diary. Yeah. Unless you want to start a segment on that. <laughs> yes. I mean, we do We do talk about our feels. Our feels. So. I'm just saying. Um, but she ends up finding some links that we find at the end that is supposed to be, I think, a segue to a second film to come. Yeah, it's oh, a yeah. setup, yeah. And uh, basically links um, these various arms of her father's company or now her company to evil, generally speaking, um, that are associated with these looting um, occurrences, um, specifically the one that she well, a, narrowly escaped from. I was going to say, there's, um, there's at least the one that she was quote-unquote fighting against even though she had no idea who they were exactly which confused me <laughs> i was very confused like if her father knew that they were evil why did he own them right well, well he hadn't been running the, the, the company business for 30 years. lady have it yes she was apparently okay that that's the only thing that makes sense to me because i'm just like yeah she owns this building company <laughs> she has been running the the not 30 years but she'd been running the business since he disappeared so that was why she was wanting lara to sign everything over for her to handle at the end long story short right um she got the power attorney exactly block. so lara ends up deciding to kind of save the moral aptitude of her father's company by trying to rid the world of these evil companies or at least do something i'm not exactly sure what none of us do um about their existence lots of guns. and what they're doing yeah um they're arms traders and various other things apparently so although still really nothing to do with archaeology no nothing at all i mean it's it's <laughs> about you know being in uh, she's british so there's that i mean nothing yeah it's, it's straight up Noble, to me very piece. much a colonial savior complex is what it ends up coming out that she is which was in the original tomb raider was kind of you know she was very much in that rich british white woman raiding tombs in foreign countries so it kind of it doesn't bring it full circle exactly but it kind of alludes to that role again um, but in a more positive, moralistic sense and away from the rating bit, theoretically. So it almost mm. seems like she's trying to go and save these artifacts from being taken or looted from 
their home countries, um, though it's never said explicitly what her end plan is, but it's kind of alluded that she's going to be the savior of these these things, these sacred dream world things. Um, one of the things I I didn't take that away. At I didn't all. either. Oh, okay. Well, it's- no. <laughs> at the end, I really just took it as I'm going to take on this company. Bang yeah. Bang. Yeah, I, I really took it more as a, a revenge motif that was yeah. being set up. Like, you killed my father, I'm going to kill you. I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> well, some of it was um, specifically the company, but he talks a bit about, again, um, his obsession with these artifacts. Um, oh, her father. Her father. So Right. It's not yeah, so he much- was trying to find... He was trying to find clues that there is a supernatural world. Yes. After her mother died. Yeah. And so- and he definitely has quite a few things in his hidey hole. Yes. So, but I never took it as though that she would then try to protect necessarily those things or any things that the company would try to take. It seemed more of just like literally taking on the company, buy some guns and go from there. That yeah, could be. That's kind of how I. That could be. We'll see how it plays out. But I mean, but... I was going to say, we won't know much until we see the second oh, movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I was curious, Which will be at I... least two years. Probably. Well, yeah, I googled, is there going to be a Tomb Raider 2? And all the, like, the um, titles are pretty much just like, will there be one? Right. <laughs> it just happen? came out. Yeah. It came out yeah. this year. <laughs> it did. But usually they have something in the works, like the Avenger movies, where it's like, you well, know, there's Marvel, we can't hold that. most movies up to Marvel. Oh, yeah, Marvel oh, has like a 17 year plan or something stupid like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But they also have the money to back it up. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they try to i mean because they kind of didn't really like you were pointing out they kind of really didn't stick with the tomb raider theme like it wasn't a hack and slap she didn't even want the fucking artifacts no you so know I wonder, maybe that's something they're hoping like this is the pre laura croft movie and so like that they're just trying to get you interested in as opposed to being the established one this is like her before and then the next movie will be her as the established figure we know in the games in the previous movies but yeah I maybe guess it all depends if there's gonna yeah. be another movie <laughs> well because the laura character has always been an expert in yes. whatever plot requires her an expert in that day um and this character i mean shit we meet her in the beginning of the movie and she can barely defend i mean don't get me wrong she could kick my ass that's that's you know without question but the whole point of the first couple scenes is you're showing how like she bites off more than she can chew and she can't hold, she can't hold her own in a fight. Mm. You know, she gets her butt kicked by this very nice looking MMA fighter um, at the very start of the movie. Yeah. You know, and she's basically just talking shit the whole time. That's pretty much all she does. The first chunk of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do establish like her awesome bike riding skills that we don't see ever again through the rest of the damn movie. <laughs> and they spent... I know, they should have at least given her like a mountain bike or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because they spend a fair amount of time in that that section of the movie on the on the bike thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And... Well, maybe. I mean, I think that's probably the, one of the big things that just really bothered me about the movie is it took so 
long to get to <laughs> the part where you're just like, okay. Here we go. <laughs> do some tomb raiding already. <laughs> I liked the fox chase scene only because I initially saw it go and I'm like, that would be really fun. Yeah. That would be a really fun thing to watch or see. And then I was like, except for the whole fact that now they're going to go careening through everything and probably almost die. And that's exactly what happened. But I was like, the premises of this fox hunt thing sounds really great. Um, but yeah, it, it was. We it, are condoning. <laughs> no, we're not actually talking about a fox red. hunt. They're calling the person on the bike the fox and they had to chase them down. And catch them before this <laughs> bucket of paint ran out. I'm sorry, it sounds fun. Shut up. <laughs> it was really and good. Laura Brashley says, I after being called after being it said that the fox had to be both uh confident enough that they could win and dumb enough to do it. Uh she was like, I'll do it and like I, I am Exactly. Yeah. She like basically raises her hand and says, I am those two things, let me have my money. Uh yeah. and then proceeds like, oh, to be yeah. The quote unquote fox on the, the bike. And uh, yeah, she's winning. She did almost win. She almost did till she hit a car. You know. I think technically <laughs> they didn't catch her until the I mean the paint was gone. No one had caught her yet. I say she still won. Someone owes her six hundred quid. Well, she she didn't run out of paint. She plugged she basically stopped it from continuing to run, so she she was cheating. Well, but she did that on the <laughs> on the back of the, the truck, and nobody Archaeology. had a problem. Um. <laughs> so, there is okay. First off, there is no archaeology in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, there's a tomb, and there is a tomb old stuff. Um, but no archaeology is being performed. There, Not really. There is a really cool part. Uh, or piece of the film it, while it didn't do a lot of great things for um indigenous oral histories it did sort of give a nod to links between oral histories and mythologies and the archaeological record um and i thought that was interesting um of course then it, it did really kind of uh, poke its foot um, partway into the pseudo-archaeology realm of the sort of quote-unquote other side or spiritual realm as his her father was looking for. So right. but when they're in the tomb, she's finding the logical explanations as to why these links are made and why these explanations are the way they are. And I thought that was a, a neat discussion in a weird way mm -hmm. of pseudo archaeology and sort of the reality of how these things are, are linked or not linked. I think you could make the argument that her father was an archaeologist or at least was set up to an archaeologist. We're never really told what he does. No. Um, probably an amateur. Well, archaeologist. Yeah, but it's, it's very clear that he goes out and finds things yeah. that are of. Okay, so he's a looter. Yes. Well, yeah. Of an ancient it, nature. Right. He's yeah. he is he's an antiquarian. He's an antiquarian at best. But they do kind of set that up at the in the movie where he's calling her William Tell and she's like, Dad, William Tell was a myth. Yeah. And he's like, There's a bit of truth in every myth because that actually comes back to haunt us later in the the end of the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so they set that up. I was the, the archaeology comes through her comes through because of her father, not because of her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And her father's as he was the rival or business partner, they don't really establish what the hell those two guys had to do with each other other than trying to kind of sort of not really kill each other. Yeah. I mean, the bad guy, the bad guy in the movie was like very confusing because, I mean, he was a horrible person, 
But he was a horrible person because he was trapped on this island and he couldn't get off the island to go see his kids who are obviously being held as some kind of like do or die hostage situation. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like if you paid attention to the the villain's story, he's just as sympathetic yeah. exactly. as the other people. Well, it's he's just also a horrible cut. person. And he's also being held hostage by the, the exactly. lady that's handling the business transactions right. of the Croft business. So it kind of ends up this weird circular Right. bastion of weirdness and yeah. so you have a quote-unquote like so if a business one day asks you to be like we need your help to go find this tomb for special <laughs> medical purposes don't do it because clearly it's going to be a large-scale evil corporation <laughs> that's trying to find this mummy that's going to bring destruction to the world and you only your daughter can save you. yeah now, kirsten wanted to talk and if you don't have kids you're serious <laughs> they only pick people who have kids and, yeah. <laughs> and care about those kids. Um, Kirsten brought up an interesting thing, though. In the game, apparently, the the artifacts and everything, that the story is all Japanese. And does it happen in Japan? Um, it's supposed to be set, like, in a, an island off of the coast of Japan, was the, the general. Okay, idea. so... So the interesting thing about the movie is, like, the myth is still Japanese. I mean, Himiko is a Japanese name. The So the Himiko is the... Mm-hmm. A goddess of death and i was like oh that's interesting i've never heard of this one but and i really like the way they twisted it at the end that was a really good twist yeah, i liked it i agree um but so yeah they keep the 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 japanese thread but um the not white characters in the movie are all chinese and i think she goes to hong kong to hire the boat to get her to the japanese island and the reason for this is not as like white people being stupid as you think it is it's um companies wanting to make money yeah and that's because (laughs) movies do really really they make more money on movies when they show them in china than they make when they show them in the u.s Mm. and so (laughs) big block and movies that translate the best are big blockbuster um action movies that don't have a lot of plot because you don't have to worry about translating a big script yeah and you know shit blows up the movie does really well overseas and so chinese people like to see themselves on film go figure so what they do is they they get a lot of chinese extras Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you will find like i guarantee you if you can find the chinese edit for this movie um the guy who was the male lead mm-hmm. the, the male lovish interest not really but kind of yeah um i'll bet you he has a bigger part in the movie when it was shown in china than how it's shown here in america that makes sense so huh. that's that's not actually us being assholes that's uh the film industry trying to make money yeah so, I can the rest that. of it is probably us being assholes. i will totally throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> getting back to thinking about it more i mean because part of me is like okay i'm I am geographically savvy, but I'm like, what is actually the distance between Hong Kong and the islands off Japan? Like, what is the logic right. behind, would this actually happen, or is it being totally off? <laughs> and it's actually... One day. It's not <laughs> so far, actually. Um, it's kind of a halfway yeah, point, Yeah, it's it? actually not too bad at all, because it's the... Well, it, well, yeah, it's maybe... Map. I'm trying to find a scale. I'm like, in the... I mean, she could have gone the... It's like almost halfway around the British islands and the Japanese islands are kind of almost dynamically opposed from each other, aren't they? So, like, she'd have to go halfway around the world yeah, one way or the I other. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, looking at Hong Kong or... How, was she in Shanghai? 
because that's that's like I honestly don't remember actually. So that's where I'm like, actually, that's as the crow flies, not horribly far. We also don't remember where exactly she was because obviously she wasn't in mainland China. Yeah, I'm trying to find just like a map, and of course, none of them have a scale. Hold on, (laughs) China. Oh yeah, it's it. Hong Kong's a peninsula, isn't it? Maybe like 500, depending which island. Hong Kong's in the south. It's like way far. So she would have had to have been in Shanghai. Yeah. Anywho, archaeology. Yes. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Not geography. Out of curiosity, do you guys know if the the myth they were playing on actually has any real backing as a myth? Like, okay, I'm just curious. No. No. But that is that is part of the interesting thing, because in the game, they actually base a lot of the artifacts in the, the game, the newer version, mm-hmm. on real museum artifacts. Um, some of them are actually 3D scans. Yeah, they, they went and scanned a bunch it, of stuff oh, and put it in the game. Fine. It's yeah, really So inter- it's, it's neat that they went out of the way, and actually in the game, most of the time, some stuff you take with you, but most of it you'll like find and kind of gain the knowledge, and you leave it there. So it depends like you know on where you are in the game but some some stuff you take for as like quote-unquote talismans and whatnot but um a lot of it is stuff you find along the way and it gives you a very detailed description and uh you can manipulate the image like you would in a museum image as far as like flipping it upside down and seeing what different sides of it look like um to get a good look at the artifact there's a (laughs) few that are totally made up but they're based off of maybe a combination of of some known artifacts they did go out of their way to kind of reach out to museums how much they reached out to archaeologists but they did reach out to museums when they did the most recent set of games um again i haven't played them yet i've just heard people talking about it and i mean they went above and beyond the call of duty they didn't have to reach out yeah. to anybody they could have just continued on with the whole oh she's a tomb raider look at hack and smash yeah. <laughs> um you know break the jars open get coins Woo, sell them on ebay <laughs> right but they they did put a little bit more effort into it and from what i hear it makes a more interesting game because one of the things i've heard people who are not archaeologists talk about when they play the game is how realistic it seems to mm-hmm. them because it just makes more sense when you're using real things in the game than as opposed to making shit yeah. up um you know i mean there's there's still problems with the game and the, some of those do come out in the movies mm-hmm. um so, you know, yeah. there's that. But uh, why don't we take a real quick break? And when we come back, we can just completely spoil the movie for everyone. More than Sounds we have good. already. Sounds good. You've been warned. Again. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> During the break, why not check out the Women in Archaeology Patreon account? And there you can learn how to support the Women in Archaeology podcast and blog, and check out some of the blog posts we've been posting on our blog. You can see the different ways to become a patron of the Women in Archaeology, from $2 to $5 to $10, or even just showing your support and interest is always great. Thank you very much for listening, and hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. And here we are back again. Uh, Sarah and I are continuing on for Emily had to leave our acquaintance for the last segment of the show. So it's just you and me down and dirty. She's apparently eating, you know, doing the exciting life things of birthdays and parties and such with cake with cake that she didn't bring. I know. 
What what are we going to do? <laughs> That's what I'm more mad about. <laughs> there was no cake for me. <laughs> oh, man. What did you want to touch on this last segment? So, like, the end of the movie. Um, I mean, I can just sit and pick the movie apart, honestly. Uh, but I liked it, which I know sounds weird. But I like also like picking movies apart. Um <laughs> It was, I mean, as far as what I was expecting, it was, it was, it was good. Well, I mean, we can talk about the, the reveal because like the big driving, the apparent plot, it wasn't really the plot, but the, the side plot was that, you know, her father was looking for Himiko, the death goddess, and he was looking for this place where the, the goddess was buried. And the, the story throughout the movie up until the end has been, again, if you haven't watched this movie hang up now um <laughs> has been that himiko was this death goddess who just killed indiscriminately and she just the very touch of her hand brought plague and disease upon the earth and um she was only stopped when the uh her the generals of her army finally rose up against her and buried her alive underneath a mountain yep and like that's the that's the story through the whole the whole movie and so all of her father's notes uh, in his notebook, a la Writers of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. was about finding Himiko's tomb. Whatever the thing I don't get is they never explain why he wants to find this goddess of death. Like there's no good reason to find this no. this figure. There's there's no. It's not like oh if I find her she can bring my dead wife back there was none of that it was just like here's this horrible death goddess I guess I'll go dig her up because what else do you do on a Saturday night <laughs> um yeah he had and it, so yeah so she some sort of ahead. oh I was gonna say he seemed to have some sort of at least it, it was seemed portrayed that he had some sort of illusion about finding a link would make either his wife come back or him be able to find her in the other world and meet her there more yeah. or less, which was a strange <laughs> yeah, he like, was like link in, right it's like you kind of know throughout the film that he's kind of lost it through grief and that I, is well developed yeah. like he's kind of lost his mind um but it seems I didn't very take it as he lost his mind but he was really like he, he he admits on the tape that he's very driven to find proof of the supernatural. And I'm just yes. like, that's cool. But why are you digging up a death goddess who apparently can kill people with the touch of a finger? Like, why that thing? <laughs> that is a very good question. Um, it makes me want to go back. that what you decide say, to go prove things with? There's something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's something I missed or we missed that I don't. I doubt it. But it, it does seem like a know. strange choice. To... But so you, we go through the whole movie assuming that this Himiko figure, who's at times a goddess, but is also revealed that she's human, or else she wouldn't have been able to be buried. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. But yeah, so when we get to the island and we find the father again, like he's convinced that the goddess is still alive. So yes, so he thinks that she's still buried beneath the mountain and is living and we know that because of the things that he says like they they go into the cave and there's like a wind and he goes ah she's still down here she's breathing and like this is one of the times where the the main villain is the rational person in the group so he's like he doesn't believe in the supernatural he doesn't believe Mm -hmm. in the the goddess story like he believes there's something there because he can't leave until he finds it but he doesn't believe that it has supernatural powers of any kind and so you know, as they start working their way through 
the various traps that, as we know, are in every tomb ever. Um, and as archaeologists, we are highly trained to dodge, jump, and swing across things. Um, <laughs> he, you know, I mean, everything is a trap, and it, it's all mechanical. And he, as he, as we make our way through the different trials that have to be had mm-hmm. to get to the tomb, you know, it just reinforces the whole rational part. It's not supernatural. It's not this. It's not that. Mm-hmm. And um, then we get to the tomb, and there's all this tomb art in the actual tomb. And the tomb art, the only person who seems to be noticing the tomb art is, of course, Laura, because she's our hero. And she points out to her father, as before they've opened the, the tomb of this horrible thing, mm-hmm. um, she points out to her father, she says, uh, she doesn't look like she's being drug here. She doesn't look like she's being forced. She's not portrayed as a monster in any of these images. And they start, of course, panning around the room so you can see it. And Laura starts interpreting the images that she sees. And the conclusion that is drawn is that the the woman who is buried here what wasn't forcibly brought there, that she came on her own. Mm as kind of a goddess of mercy and was buried there willingly. Um, Whether she, you know, committed suicide and was buried or decided that, Hey, I'd like to be, why not? We don't know. Um, That's left up to whoever. And so it, it kind of puts a nail in the coffin of the supernatural aspect of the story, which I think I thought was kind of cool. You know, it was the whole, like, the the myth that has survived this obviously real life figure wasn't true, which we find a lot in archaeology. We find a lot of times that like if you're following um, ancient writings or old oral traditions, if there is truth to it, which you know is very hard to prove ever. We talk about this a lot on Archie Fantasies. Like you you have to take oral traditions as they are, and you can't assign literal truth to them. Um, and this is an, this is building off of that idea because apparently the actual truth, as we are interpreted to, is that the woman came there and, and let herself be buried because she turns out to be a plague carrier that she herself is immune to. She's typhoid Mary, basically. Yeah. And uh, she goes to bury herself, so she quits killing people, which was nice, I feel. Um, while you were discussing some of that, I did actually Google, again, uh, Himiko who was apparently um, a actually a a person a, a queen in um in Japan um well yeah so not the plague carrying death goddess um but a ruler well himi means princess so that's not unsurprising but it was documented by the Chinese as well because she had trade relations and had apparently was attended by. I'm sorry. Himiko means sun child. I'm sorry. Or daughter of the sun. Internet told me so. <laughs> Internet is never wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm reading a similar poking around online, as I mentioned, um, ha- is supposedly had been attended by many servants, all female. Uh, so that kind of follows a little bit of some of the context in the film. And actually, another thing that I remembered about the film was that the father was trying to stop the, e- the bad guy 
from opening the tomb. Yeah. Rather than him actually wanting to open the tomb, he wanted to keep her asleep, but definitely had the thought that she was still alive and able to unleash this horrible evil upon the world. Right. So he was not trying to open it himself, just trying to keep other people away from it, which doesn't give us a whole lot of... It's like a strange link to the the dead wife and trying to seek the afterlife slash otherworldness and proof thereof um, in relation to Himiko. It's, it seems a disjointed connection. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, I, I, I'm i like that too. I feel like it was... What is it, a MacGuffin when they do that? that yeah, an object sense. or device in a movie that serves merely as a trigger for the plot. Um, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't really feel like it even did that, really. It just kind of was a lazy way of explaining his obsession with old stuff. But, yeah. But, yeah, it didn't really seem to have anything to do with the actual plot. No, just the fact that it made it him less of a looter and more... Um, lovable it didn't though no but it's i think it just made him more sympathetic yeah that's that's i think what they were going for is is giving him some sympathy with the audience because she yeah laura's whole being was aimed at finding her dad again so they didn't want him to seem horrible they didn't want him to be an awful person yeah so that makes sense The, the structure of the film was generally good. I feel like they they spent way too much time introducing her, and I know why they did. And maybe, I guess, I was looking for something completely different, which is why I'm like, you're going to spend the first 20 minutes in as a bike career? Okay. I think, yeah, I mean, it's an origin. Okay. To put it bluntly, she's a superhero, and this was a superhero origins movie. Yes. And that comes across clearly with the whole, all of the just the stuff that happens to her physically throughout the movie, mm-hmm. whether we're ever going to assign her actual superpowers or not. Nobody human goes through that shit and, and survives. Like, she literally drops out of the sky, takes a short tumble <laughs> through the woods, pulls a sliver of wood the length of my hand out of her stomach, which is roughly the width of my hand, and walks away. Like, she's fine. I'm just like... And, and, and I'm trying not to be too critical because I know if she had been a male character in a in a male-driven movie, we would just be like, oh, yeah, he's a badass. And I mean, she's totally a badass because she's able to do it. But we need to recognize that both of those people are not human. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Regardless of gender, that person is not human. Yeah, that, um, and I mean, she she hurts for like 10 minutes or less. Right. Uh, and then it's okay again. <laughs> And then we conveniently remember that, oh, yeah, I've got a puncture when going through my entire torso when we find dad again after free climbing up a sheer face cliff to get to the father who is living in a crevice in the side <laughs> of a rock wall. Then then it starts to bother her a little bit. Well, that's after mud wrestling. Dude. Right? That's I'm, the whole time I'm like, there's so much of an inf- infection that's going to happen right, right, dude. Th- right there. <laughs> Her okay, so you were talking about how gritty the movie is, how gritty the the game is compared to the movie. I think that scene was pretty rough um, compared to the rest of the movie tone wise. Like yeah. it was a very like even the lighting on that scene was rough, uh, very dark, very mm-hmm. sinister. Like it's literally happening in a mud puddle, so it is dirty. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess I don't know. I it was an interesting moment in the film because it didn't actually have to happen, but it still happened anyway, because the, if you're just looking at like the, Oh, she had to kill him because she was, he was going to kill her. It's like, no, he wasn't. He clearly states 
I'm going to take you back to the camp, which of course she doesn't want to go to. Yeah. And then at one point where he is actually choking her out, he says, um, stop struggling, thereby implying that if she were to stop struggling, maybe he wouldn't, I don't know, keep hurting her. I don't know. I'm not justifying this dude in any way. I'm just saying like... I think his instructions were to bring her back alive. So he wasn't... Right. It was clear that that was... Wanting to necessarily. Exactly. And then to go from that to... This is the one guy in the movie that she just straight up (laughs) murders. And I think it's an interesting scene because I watched a... um, how no it wasn't how it should have ended it was a honest trailer watched an honest trailers Mm. clip about the movie and one of the things that they were being critical about was how often she screams in the movie like she she screams out of frustration she screams out of pain because you know she's human um or at least (laughs) human-esque and uh usually when humans feel pain they uh vocalize Mm. it in some way and so it was an interesting thing to see this character being so blatantly masculinely badass and then to be criticized for that and then criticized for showing a quote-unquote feminine trait such as crying out from pain. Um, but she also makes that same cry as she's like strangling this. Well, she basically <laughs> drowns him in mud. Yes. Um, it's a rough scene. <laughs> And it's so out of tone with the rest of the movie. Like it was just like it sticks out so much because the rest of the movie isn't like that at all. There's there's really no other dark part like that anywhere in the movie. No, it is a very light touch of a homage to the game. Like there's a kind of a fair amount of that. And that's where one of the criticisms of that game was that she so two things. One is she's like this um PhD student that's like really excited kind of naive goes in crashes on this island is captured and then escapes and in her escape it murders like someone because they're trying to kill or capture her or whatnot and, i mean if he's trying to kill her i'm totally down with <laughs> i'm like but you you, you kill never, whoever you need to but it's never very clear whether they're trying to kill her or just capture her but she's just like nope and um has a moment with it kind of freaks out and then continues not having a problem with killing anyone else and that was one of the critiques of the the um game was that it's kind of like well once you killed one the rest are easy sort of thing and um i'm like well you know there's that is its own thing it is a video game where you know you're dying they're dying there's lots of death involved in video games generally speaking <laughs> i was gonna say it's a video game <laughs> i guess we have to accept this i'm just saying like there is that moment you can kind of take it as kind of a coming of age moment because yeah. like she has to defend herself and she can no longer be she is kind of a whiny character up to that point yeah not not in a bad way but like definitely she is a young character up to that moment yeah. i don't think she really stops being a young character past that point but she obviously doesn't have any problems shooting people. Um, no. She but, kind of, it's a loss of innocence moment. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's just such a out-of-place scene for me. Like, she, the way that movie is set up, she could easily have gone through that whole movie without killing anyone. Probably, yeah. Outright. You know, outright. Except for the main bad guy. You have to kill the main bad guy. That's just the genre. Yeah, one of the um, pieces going in there too um and i don't know and this i think i don't know if this touches on like the whole 
removing the large piece of wood from her midsection. Um, (laughs) But in the video game, one of the things that happens to her, and I mentioned this before on the show, is that when she dies in the video game, she's like really horrifically dies in I saw some scenes, yeah. Like she like falls it like is impaled and it spends like a good few seconds with her you know moaning and dying yeah which is very distinct from like a, a male video game character's death like um, right i remember yeah. talking to megan dennison uh, uh probably a couple of years ago now and she talks about how in video games female characters often have more elaborate death scenes um like that than male characters um and I thought that was a really interesting point. Well, she's right, though, because I, like I said, I watched a clip of it, and it's just like a 30-second clip, and it was very tartly named how Tomb Raider the movie should have ended. And it, like I said, it's a 30-second clip from the game, and it shows some male character killing the Lara Croft character. And it's, they use that interesting little climber's hook thing, I think it is, and mm-hmm. basically they crush her neck with it. And Ooh. You not only see the male character crush her neck with it, you hear the snapping and the cracking, um, you see the body twitch, and then it spends a good moment panning around the body. Very trophy-esque. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that, I mean, that is very in tone with the scene from the movie, and um, I find that interesting. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very gruesome. Um, I'm not like scarred by it or anything, because I play... Not like I don't play video games because they're horrible. I do actually. I enjoy a good death scene, but it's a not it's very noticeable. Yeah, yeah, no, it really isn't. It's not something I would let a kid play. No, and that's it's in sort of contrast to some of the earlier games. So even they were very, you know, sexual in nature as far as the way that they portrayed right. her. That sort of death and gruesome, just graphic um, death is in both the graphics themselves and the sounds um, is not something that you typically see in something that kids would play um, or even a lot of adult games, really. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of death. It's a first person shooter. I mean, that's that's more or less what Lara Croft is in the, the video game world. But it's it's a little bit more gruesome than some of those other ones. Um, I think it's an attempt to be gritty, an attempt to be edgy, I think is actually what I meant. Um, yeah, I can see that. You know, oh, it's edgy because we're being so much more graphic about how things die. And it's like, yeah, I guess props. But it's it's mostly with your your main character. <laughs> like, that's not I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just because I did a lot of yeah. dying and didn't do a lot of death giving that I didn't notice it as much with the <laughs> other characters. I play video games from time to time. I'm not great at them. Let's just put it that way. I'm just thinking of the games I do play. Like I play No Man's Sky mm-hmm. where I I still not I'm still not sure if the character I'm playing is human. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing half the time. <laughs> um I've died twice. It's a very quick death. There's 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 no fanfare to it. It's like you're dead, here's your marker congratulations um you actually so and the other game i I play a lot of is um elder scrolls online and when you die there you just you just kind of die and then you you know reappear in your underwear um (laughs) but you know it's just you just die it's not a big production but it's also neither of those games are you know single player games they're they're multi 
they're multiplayer games, yeah. so I guess you can't really have a big elaborate death while you're waiting to respawn so you can join your party again. That's true. So I don't know. I don't know. If, if there's any listeners with input on that, that would be fun to hear kind of uh, anyone with more experience. Oh, good lord. Now you've opened the I floodgates. Know, I know. I know. I just, good interaction is good interaction. You know, whatever. Get input. Good. That's, good that's interaction. That's why we're having this conversation in the first place. We got, we got a request live. <laughs> Live on the interwebs. I no, I, I appreciate the request <laughs> and I I I enjoy the the myth of the Tomb Raider world. I, I enjoy the world building and the character and watching it develop. So yeah, I mean if people want to talk about that kind of stuff or have us more questions about Tomb Raider and how it's not archaeology, which I don't really know if we've driven that point home. <laughs> well, and especially in this film. There was uh, I think um <laughs> About the time that the film came out, I hit up our local, the closest comic book store um, to my house, which is like three blocks away. And they have the first of the most recent. So apparently when they released the new reboot of the game, they also put out a reboot of the comic book series. And Mm -hmm. the first one is her at a conference. So I was like, what (laughs) is this? She's basically at uh, whatever, I don't remember what they called it in the comic book series, but practically the SAAs, more or less. And just her not liking being in the conference office room and having to wear a suit. And... Lots of damn lies. And then, she, like, a colleague gets murdered within, you know, the first few pages, and she's that's her job is to help figure out whatever knowledge someone wanted to get from him and i don't i don't okay so first off archaeology conferences (laughs) as long as you're not sitting in the papers and even half the time you're sitting in the papers archaeology conferences are not boring they're not Uh, there's nobody wears suits i don't know what fucking conference she went to (laughs) right but i've yet to see someone in a suit unless they were like an undergrad presenting their first paper i don't know Um, being in dc i actually felt like i had to go be formal I purposely dressed down because I was like, screw you, it's DC. Um, <laughs> I also was from the area at the time, so like the magic of that had rubbed off. <laughs> That's true. Also, almost every archaeologist I know like enjoys being at a conference in some capacity. Yeah. Even when they're like moaning about it, they enjoy moaning about yeah. it. So, and, and that's exactly it. Like, it's being able to be there with people of like mind, and she apparently was right. not of like mind. So, I don't know exactly where that puts her as far as archaeology. Not an archaeologist, really. Um, lonely, lonely existence. Yeah. So, she's, I don't know. I've always kind of, when I was younger, I thought she was a fun character. Um, I never dressed up like her for Halloween. I know that's a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, she's an icon. Exactly. She's recognizable. And that's part of the challenge, too, is she's really the only recognizable icon for archaeology for women that's out there. Because other than that, you have Indiana Jones and that, which is not... I mean, you can be sexy Indiana Jones, because we know that female costume is basically just the word sexy and then whatever else (laughs) it's supposed to be. Yes, that is. Oh, there's definitely definitely sexy archaeology. Yeah. Sexy, I think a sexy archaeology woman or something. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know the two the two desert eagles. It's it's hard to not. <laughs> it's either that or the bullwhip. And that I don't know which one. <laughs> and that okay 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 okay. One more thing before we yes. leave, and this is totally the movie and and me just being nitpicky. So she straight up strangles this dude, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking kills him in the mud, and then 
leaves his goddamn gun that we know is there because it goes off during the struggle, just leaves it on him and walks away. And I'm just like, bitch, you go back there and you pick that fucking gun up. Yep. And of course, she doesn't listen to me because it's a movie and no one can hear me. But and then at the end of the movie, she's just suddenly like, woo, two guns. And I'm just like, where? Where did you get that? Like what? Not only two guns, but two of the biggest guns I can find. Yes. I'm going to double wield the guns that have enough kickback that they could potentially break my arms. I'm going to use those guns. Oh, yeah. She, Just she goes to what? The pawn shop at the very end. And she's like, I want those. Yeah. Two. The pawn shop is funny. <laughs> to be fair, I did enjoy the pawn shop. Scene. Those were those two were adorable. And I did appreciate them. Greatly. If anyone else has any particularly important pressing things they would like to bring up uh, post on our website send us a little tidbit if you want to write a blog post um but email us at women in archaeology at gmail.com and find us on twitter and we can hash this out on that stage if you want at women archies and i think that's pretty much it it was fun yeah well thanks for hosting this and thank you to our listener who sent yes thank you des and uh send some more suggestions if you Happy to happen. Well, Kirsten, it was good talking to you again. See you on the flip side.